this. Let's make our confession, believe in your heart. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know to, how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak tonight, O Lord our God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I title this message, All Things Are Yours. All Things Are Yours. Christianity is not just a religion. It is a relationship with God, who is our Heavenly Father. Yes, it's a religion, but it's really a relationship with God, who is our Heavenly Father. We know what we expect from our earthly fathers. We know we can get things to help us on the earth to feel a little better in life. Our fathers can help us that way. But we also know what we can expect from our Heavenly Father. He gives us things to help us live a heavenly life while we live on earth. That's what God does. And God is with us today to help us. I pray that God will help us to understand where he is taking us in faith. As you study scriptures, you begin to see that there is so much that God has given to us. I pray that God will help us to understand. And uh, you can come this way as well. <laughs> uh, it's Pastor Al that's causing the problem. <laughs> see, I'm sure he's the one doing it. He won't direct them right. And he lets me get off my sermon and start talking about something else. Pastor, are you tough? <laughs> now, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21 through 23, so important. Therefore, let no one boast in men. Let no one boast in men. For all things are yours. That's what God's saying. All things are yours. And there is nothing that's not yours. All things created, seen and unseen. That's what God says. That's not what God is saying. God says, all things are yours. Don't boast in men. Look beyond them. Boast only in God. All things are yours. Whether Paul... Or Apollos, or Cephas, that's Peter, or the world. The world, according to the word of God, all things are yours. The world is a thing. Paul is a thing in the mind of God. The world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours. Does God really mean what he's saying? Does this make sense? That all things are yours. And you are Christ. And Christ is God. All things are yours. Two times he told us that in the word of God here. He says, don't boast in men for all things are yours. 
Don't matter what it is, whether it's Paul, or it's Apollos, or it's Peter, the world, life, death, don't matter what it is. You know what they're saying? All things work together for good for them that love God. Don't matter what it is. All things work together. And this is the truth of the Word of God. No matter what's going on in your life, if you love God, it's working for your good. Don't matter if it has to do with life. Don't matter if it has to do with the world. Don't matter if it has to do with death. God says you are above all of these things. They're all working for you. Paul was sent by God to work for you, for your good. Apollos, all of them, they were sent by God to work for your good. And that's what the scripture is saying. So Paul says, don't look to men. Forget them. Look to what God has provided for you. All things are yours. This should change us, amen? This should stop us from being afraid. Because everything was created for us. And notice what it says, in Christ. Because you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God, that's why. And what God is trying to show us is to let us know the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness towards us. Who believe? There is an exceeding riches of His grace. In God's kindness towards you as a person. That's what God wants to show to the world in the ages to come. Let me read Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 through 7. It says, God raised us up together. We were planted together in his death. And we were raised together when God raised him from the, from the dead. We were together. We are joint heirs because we were together with him. In the mind of God, we were there with him. We were raised together. That's what the scripture says. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. How? In Christ. We are seated way up there. Yes, we are on the earth. But in the mind of God, Please don't ask me to explain. It's a mystery. And I'm going to be talking about the mystery of the fellowship that we have with God. There's another scripture that talks about that. There is a mystery of this fellowship that we have with God. And in the mind of God, we are seated in the throne of power. Of authority. All things belong to us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You, you are in Christ, Christ in you, and every one of us in God. That's what the scripture says. He raised us up together and made us to sit together. Look at the word together, together. God's trying to tell you something. You are not separate from your head. You are not separate from the Savior. You have no reason to be afraid of any demon or what Satan is doing or whoever is plan planning against your life. They can't plan against you. Who will plan against Jesus after his reason? You can't kill him again. He is seated in the heavenly places, in the very throne of God, right there with God. He says we, have been, we, are, we are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. 
Why? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. That's what this is all about. We're nothing, but God has decided, my grace is so rich, I want to bless them. They'll be joint heirs with my son, because we're one with him. All his authority, all his power, we're seated with him on the throne of God. Amen. If you don't say amen, I will. No, yes. The exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. How? In Christ. Notice the word in Christ. We are always in Christ. You cannot be separated from Christ. Christ is love. What can separate us from the love of God? You can't do it. We are in Him. We are part of Him. He is the head and we are His body. You can't separate a man's head from his body. They are one. If the head can cast out the devil, the body can cast out the devil. They are the same. One and the same. We have His name. So every time we use His name, it's as if Jesus Himself is saying the word. And what devil is going to say no to that? This is the truth of the word of God. Amen. All things are yours. All things are yours. I want to turn to Matthew chapter 11 verse 27. Jesus, who is speaking. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11 verse 27. And we're going to, I'm going to go take it on to 28. But 27, it says, All things have been delivered to me. How many things? All things are yours. Jesus said, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And we are in Him. So if all things have been delivered to Him, and we are in Him, we have been delivered, God has delivered all things to us as well. That's why Paul is saying, all things are yours. Don't boast in man. Everything belongs to us. No wonder, you know, I used to be amazed about Peter and Paul, while they walk into a place, and the people says, these men that have turned the world upside down, they've come to us again. And then Christianity cooled, cooled off. No power. No power. Christians are scared as those that are without. They are as worried as those that are without. They don't believe they have a future in this world. It's an amazing thing. But it's got to be by faith. By trusting and knowing what belongs to us. No wonder Paul was praying that God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened. So we know the hope of our calling. That's what we're talking about. So that we can know the hope of our calling. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The exceeding greatness of his power that he demonstrated towards us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He's at work in your life right now as you're sitting there looking at me. That power is doing a mighty work in you. If that power raised up Jesus from the dead and he's not able to do some work in you, what's the matter here? What's going on here? 
according to the power that is at work in you. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. According to the power, that's the power that's available. Jesus said, all things have been delivered to me. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And then he says these words. And no one knows the Son. Except the Father. No one knows the Son. Except the Father. Do you know the Son today? Do you? Because the Father introduced the Son to you. So that you can become a family member. Jesus was clear. No man can come to me except my heavenly Father draws him. And he said, everyone that's learned from the Father comes to me. So God taught you and showed you the Son. No man knows who the Son really is. How powerful he is. Except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is. Except the Son. And the one to whom he wills to reveal him. Amen. And God has willed. Jesus has willed to reveal the Father to you. Jesus said, Jesus said here, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. And then he talked about how he can reveal the Father to you. And then right after he says, he says this, he says, come unto me all ye that labor. And I have you learned. Verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says to take my yoke. In other words, join me, become one with me, and you will no longer labor. Amen? Become one with me. You will find rest to your soul, because you will inherit all things. Why else was he saying all of that? All things have been delivered to me by my Father. Therefore, come to me, all you you're struggling. Come. I'll, you'll find rest to your soul. Amen. You'll find rest to your soul. All things. You know, in Ephesians, I mean, in First Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9, it says, But as it's written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God. Again, we're talking about things, right? The things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Do you know those things? All things are yours. That's what the scripture says. All things are yours. All things work together for good to them that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. All things are yours. As, as not entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. God has actually prepared things that Paul is letting us know they belong to you. All things. They're yours. We're going to be coming to what, those, what that means. Amen? <laughs> We're going to be coming to what it, that means. All things. 
What does it really mean, all things? And we've talked about the world, life, death. You know, when you really study scriptures and begin to understand, now I can fully understand what Paul was doing when he says, I was in the streets. I'm in the streets. I have this desire to be with the Lord, which is far better for me, and I have the desire to be with you because you need me. And he says, well, because I know what the needs really are, well, I'm not dying yet. I'm going to stay around for a while. How can a man talk that way? You determine how long you want to stay. And then when he was ready to go, he said, I've finished the race. I've fought a good fight. Remember that? Now I'm ready to go. He decides when he wants to go. Not through sickness. He said, now it's time for me to be sick. Every time somebody is sick, every time somebody dies, everybody's asking, what killed him? What do you mean, what killed him? He died. What killed him? I know he died. What killed him? Guess what they are fishing for? Sickness. Paul didn't say that. He can decide when he wants to go home. You don't have to die through sickness. You can go home when you're ready to go. Be it unto you according to your faith. But all things are yours, including sickness and all of that. You decide what they can do to you and what, they don't, what you don't want. They belong to you. It's your property. You can have a car, you decide you want to use the car, you don't want to use it. That's up to you. Amen. You know, um, the philosophers in the days of Paul, they rejoiced in the fact, they always say, I have nothing. They rejoiced in that. I have nothing. I have nothing. But then they will emphasize, we own the world. And it seems like a contradiction. And what they are saying, we can take anything we want out of the world for ourselves. We don't have anything, but we have the power. We can take whatever it is that we want. But that's, that's what the scripture says here. I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so... No one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12 says, Now we have received. Say with me, I have received. We have received not the Spirit of the world, but, capital S, the Spirit of God, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. There are things that God has freely given to us and we need to know them. And we need to use them to better our lives. Amen. To rule on the earth. You know, we talked about authority the other time. This, we're coming back to that. You need to understand something. From the very beginning, after God created man, the first thing he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. What's the next thing? 
have dominion. That was his original plan. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. Of birds of the air. You can read Genesis chapter 1 beginning from verse 26 all the way down. Birds of the air and every creeping thing on the earth. The devils and the demons are some of the creeping things on the earth. That we are supposed to have dominion over. And when God gives you anything, he gives it to you for dominion. For dominion. We're coming to that. So, through the Spirit of God, we are able to know the things that have been freely given to us. The things that have been freely given to us. But then if you go back to verse 14 in the same chapter, it says, For the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. What is he saying to you? You are not a natural man. Don't deceive yourself. If you are a Christian, you may think you are a natural man. You are not, according to the scriptures. You are a supernatural man because the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, this, give me verse 14, please. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. So we'll see that. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. You are not a natural man. They don't receive the Spirit, the things of the Spirit of God. He says they are foolishness to him. He definitely cannot know those things because they are spiritually designed. But then, if you go down further to verse 15, it says, but he who is spiritual, in other words, the one who is not just a natural man, he judges all things. Yet he himself is not rightly judged by anyone. The one who is spiritual, it says, but he who is spiritual judges all things. In other words, they can understand all things, both spiritual and natural stuff. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. People who are spiritually minded are easily misunderstood. That's what it is. You criticize them. You're crazy. You don't make sense. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? How can you believe this stuff? This stuff doesn't make sense. That's what he's saying. But the one who is spiritual, who understands, he doesn't care because he doesn't live in your realm. He doesn't live in the natural realm. He lives in the supernatural realm and he has dominion. So they are constantly being criticized. Constantly being misunderstood. But when you have the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is showing you things that have not entered into the ears of me, how can they not criticize you? They don't understand. It hasn't gotten into their ear. They haven't heard anything like this. Don't make any sense to them. It hasn't entered into their heart. They don't understand it. But you do because you have the Spirit of God and He's showing you all things that God has prepared for you and then you begin to walk this supernatural life, not afraid of anything, trusting in God alone. You're not boasting about men. You don't care about anything else. You just trust God and you trust the Word of God and you stay with the Word of God because you know the Word of God can carry you no matter what. 
Where is that witch that is going to oppress me? Amen. Let them gather. No wonder the scripture says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. All things are yours. All things. You can pray for that one that is not saved in your house. That's yours. You got authority. Amen. You can pray over anything. Just ask. Jesus said, up till now you haven't asked anything in my name. Ask. So, he didn't say ask so that you can try to receive. Don't try to receive. He says, ask so you receive. So that your joy may be full. Amen. He wants your joy full, not when you get to heaven, right here. Because of the things that are coming your way. <coughs> Excuse me, give me water, please. I'm yelling so much, I'm excited. I said, Pastor, all that money. He doesn't understand what's... No, excuse me. <laughs> but all things are yours. Now, what does this mean? All things. All things. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 1, let's look at that scripture. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints at the Ark Fellowship. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> How many saints do we have here? You don't have to die to be a saint, okay? <laughs> we'll permit you to be a saint right now because you have received Christ as your Lord. Dead people don't read letters, right? So Paul wasn't writing to the dead saints, okay? He was writing to living people. So you are a saint. Amen. Paul, an apostle of... Remember who Paul is? He's yours, right? He's for your benefit. That's what he said himself. He's for your benefit. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who is blessing you, who are at the Ark Fellowship, and faithful in Christ Jesus. How many faithful ones do we have in Christ Jesus here? Yes, you are faithful in Christ Jesus. Paul, Paul is writing to you tonight. He says, grace to you and peace from God. Hallelujah. Peace from God. No unrest. Grace to you and peace from God. Who is your father? Amen. And when, because he's your heavenly father... When he gives you peace, he gives you heavenly peace. When your earthly father gives you peace, they only give you earthly peace. This is heavenly peace. You can't touch this. Amen. What's the matter with you guys? I'm not going to be singing, okay? This is heavenly peace. Peace from God our Father. He says, blessed be God... Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with what? It doesn't matter what that thing is. He blessed you with it. Amen? All things are yours. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. All things. 
all things are yours. The gift. The Bible tells us in, in uh, John 3.16. Everyone can quote that one real good. For God so loved the world. Exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness towards us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That gift has not been withdrawn. Jesus has been given to you. And for, better, for lack of a better word, he is, now, he is now your personal property. Think about it. God did not withdraw, he didn't withdraw his gift. Jesus belongs to you. As long as we are in this world, God gave Jesus to you. He is your personal property. God's giving that gift to you. Jesus is your gift from God. Think about it. The exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness towards us. God gave Jesus to us. He was given to us. When we receive him, he becomes part of us and we become part of him. And we were with him, raised together with him, seated together with him in heavenly places. He is ours. Jesus is for us. He is our gift from God. God gave him to us. That's what the scripture says. He is everything. This gift is everything. Jesus of Nazareth, he is everything. The gift of God to us is everything. He has everything. He created everything. And the Bible tells us everything belongs to him. And he is our gift from God. Amen. He is our gift from God. He came to dwell with us. He didn't leave his gifts behind. You know, in Romans, the Bible says that if God did not spare his son, but freely delivered him for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Back again to all things. There's nothing bigger than in this whole universe, seen and unseen, that's bigger a gift than Jesus. In him, Ephesians tells, him, tells us in him, all things consist. Everything is in him. We have everything. We have everything. He is that gift. Colossians chapter 1 tells us this. This gift from God, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him are all things. It says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions. Now, Notice when he's talking about dominions, he's talking about demons and spiritual powers. 
He created them. Notice what it says. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for what? For him. For him. They were all created for him. Now I'm going to stop with this tonight. So I've talked about everything for him. Now we need to understand what God, what God's going here. Okay. I'm going to read one more scripture and we'll close because this, this is very very important because we're talking about fellowship with the Father and with the Son and what God's tending to do through your life. Amen. What God planned from the foundation of the world through your life. In Ephesians three verse nine through ten, it tells us this. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. What is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages, that's the beginning of the world, has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. So there is a fellowship in the mystery here. There's fellowship going on here. It's hidden. To the intent. What intent? God has it, something. God hid it in himself. To the intent. Why all this mystery and the fellowship? That now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by what? By the church. To what? To principalities and powers. Amen? To principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Everything God in His wisdom planned it so that in Christ we'll have such dominion to show the devil. That's what He's saying. We have dominion to show the devil and anything that is contrary to the will of God. And God planned it this way. So there is a fellowship to get with God. There is an understanding to get from God. And there is a way to go where you don't live your life as a mere man, constantly afraid, wandering, depressed, back and forth, looking for some anointed person to put their hands on you or whatever. That's good as well. But that's for people who are just starting off to grow in Christ. But there's much. All things are ours. And we have power over those things. They're all working for us. And if, any, if you notice anything that's not working for your good, speak to it. Amen? Remind it what God said. And get him to get in line. Yes. Say, hey, boy, get in line. Yeah, you, are, you are a little off, okay? You're a little off. Get in line. And, and no principality, no power. You know why they're listening? God has it, this mystery. So through the church, those demons and those principalities, they must all get in line. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. They can all plan, it will not work. Stand up with me tonight. I pray that this is building up faith in you, not just words. Amen. But I do know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I know that faith is building up in your heart tonight and that God's at work. 
You have nothing to be afraid of. I'm telling you, do I have situations and problems? I do. But I'm not scared of them. I'm no longer scared of anything. By the grace of God, I'm throwing my life totally in His hands. You take care of me. And He will. I constantly remind myself, the scripture says, whatever you commit to Him, He is able to keep until that day. Whatever you commit to, the God, to your God, He is your God. He is able to keep until that day. If you don't want that thing to happen to you, take dominion over it, commit it to the Father, and say to the Father, no, whatever you bind on the earth, He's bound in heaven. Get rid of it, commit it to the Father, and rest. Enter into His rest. Amen? That's what you need to do. And don't be afraid of anything. If God can fail, then I'll fail. But I'm just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't care if I burn. If God doesn't deliver me, it's okay. I'm ready to go home. But I'm not going to walk in unbelief. Amen? I refuse to walk in unbelief. If you need healing tonight, come over here and God's going to heal you right now. If you're sick in the body, please come down here and God's going to heal you. Whoever that is, if you feel like you need healing, come here and God's going to heal you right away. God's going to heal you. Amen. Amen. And many times, you know, it's funny. Every time we have people pray, people like to put hands on somebody's head. Where did you find out in scripture that they have to lay hands on their head? I don't know what the matter with us. You can lay hands where they're sick. Because he lives in you. As you put your hands there, the power flows. You won't feel any electricity, but it's there. Amen. We walk by faith. And not by sight. Amen. So we're going to pray for these guys. So Pastor Roy, please come over here. And um, help me. Angela, she's gone? The lady. Come over here. Um, Dave, come over here. Okay. Go ahead and lay your hands on, on her. Um. Uh, Time, come over here. Lay your hands. I'm, I'm, are you ready to get well? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, let's lift our hands up as these people receive their healing. Notice I said, it's not God going to heal you, receive your healing. I'm coming to that in what I'm sharing with us. It's so important. We receive. You don't try to receive, you just receive. Stop trying, just receive. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for healing your people tonight. Thank you for birthing your word in our hearts so that we might live a life that's pleasing to you. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for your people, every one of them, so precious to you. And God, you are doing a new thing in your lives. You are ministering to them, oh God. And I want to thank you for your great kindness towards us. We give you praise tonight. We honor your name. We honor your name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to include, if you're having financial difficulty, please come up.
if you're having financial difficulty and you need God's help, please come up. And I need you to believe. How is it, uh, brother? Chris, you okay? Amen. 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 You okay, lady? Please bear with me. We're dismissed. If you want to go, you can go. But if you need prayer, please come up. What's going on?